Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to V with Mike G, the show of life, the show of Russia, the show of Mobile, Alabama. Love moving to Austin for great hospitality career moves. But this week at Show to V, to kind of coincide with Texas Tiki Week, this is Rum Week at Show to V. Today's guest is Anya Robbins, the bar manager of Backbeat here in Austin, Texas. But she's recently taken a position with House of Agricole. Some wonderful rum agricole, such as Rum JM, Clement, and De Masso. Beautiful expressions of this Martinique-style rum. And we get to sip a little bit of it, but we get to talk about Anya's incredible story from academia to here in Backbeat in Austin, Texas. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this chat with Anya Robbins. That was. That was the first one, wasn't it? Out of town, yeah. Yeah. Um, Which which is great because I don't go to San Antonio as much as I should. Yeah. And it gives me a good reason. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's if you think about it, it's not that hard. It's an hour away. Yeah. An hour by Stephen's time, an hour and a half (laughs) by mine. (laughs) So, yeah, we always argue about that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. and I love this town. I love you know people and how pretty it is and what's well, a massive too and i you I, you know i still don't believe people that tell me it's massive because really? it feels so small when you're there i don't know why. So, well i think yeah. it's probably the people actually yeah because there's Maybe. a lot about that like houston's massive mm-hmm. but it it feels mm, like there are provinces right right there's the montrose area then mm-hmm. there's katie then there's the woodlands and mm-hmm. like just these little tribes but ultimately you were did you have to throw an event? Like, is that was that the whole point of going uh, out there? Or was it more to hang we did, out? We did a tasting at Esquire that yeah. I set up, and uh, Kiwa was with me. So it was my first tasting training. Yeah. But you, <laughs> so, but I imagine, like, being as a bar manager now, because you are, right. I could be, do you, are you pretty comfortable being in that, that role? Like, oh, being yeah, in front absolutely. Of yeah, I am. I, I used to be a teacher. Oh um, shit! I didn't know that. Yeah, high school and really? I tutored a lot. Yeah, so I people. I'm I'm a reserved person, but I yeah. uh, feel comfortable in front of people. Yeah. I, well, I mean, so, you kind of have to, right? Right, you, right. Even industry. if you're uncomfortable, you never show it. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Don't show your fear; <laughs> that will take advantage of you. I'll, Is that I'll a learn. Russian thing? Like, never show um, fear. It well, could be. particularly related to high school teaching. Yeah. yeah. You cannot show your <laughs> fear. That will destroy They'll you. They'll tear yeah. you apart. Absolutely. Because I think people, you know, there are a couple things that precede you, right? Uh-huh. So you, you have a reputation, uh, not a bad one, not a Stalin-esque kind of Everybody's thing. Everybody's got a reputation, that. right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but like, there are a couple of things I, that people, you know, Mike Sanders will always say, and he, mm-hmm. it's almost like with this great reverence he says she can drink so much vodka like it's like 
he is impressed by your booty. last time we drank together and he was impressed that we were drinking whiskey by the way oh even better well, that was a, uh it was a couple years ago at christmas party oh my yeah. gosh so that's the thing is like yeah. think about you right these high school mm -hmm. students like oh we've got <laughs> we're gonna break it down and like not only given they're just high school students they shouldn't be drinking yeah. anyway not only could you drink them all under the table but you probably could make them feel horrible with less than 10 words a single sentence i don't ever want to make anybody feel horrible <laughs> not even if they did it not even as like a retaliation no we actually had we developed a really good relationship but good, okay yeah i think people see the passion and what you're doing and if they do, and if you know what you're talking about, yeah. generally they will respect and listen to you. So that's a, so, no matter how old, uh, then I guess, right? No, what's that? Like no matter the age, people that's, respond. Yeah, that that's what I feel like. Um, and no matter the industry, really. Yeah, that's well, a good. I think it's a good way to a good lens to look at things. Mm -hmm. Treat people with respect. Sometimes you get this notion, or I do, if you <sighs> read too much about kids. Right, because we're older now, we're in our thirties, right. we're more uh, esteemed, and you think right. the kids are all fucked up, right? But then yeah. you're saying, just treat them with respect, and they're yeah. very, very and know what you're talking about, and yeah. be ready to answer your questions. And if you don't know, don't try to bullshit anybody. You yeah, know, just say you don't know. It's not a big deal. It's okay not to know something. It's good to not know. Yeah, yeah. And do you ever? There, there's this thing that Jimmy Kimmel does, I think. Mm -hmm. I've mentioned this before on the show, but I think it's hilarious. And it's one of the first things that Ladine and I ever said to each other when we were, yeah. the, someone will walk around right, mm -hmm. with a microphone for the show and they'll say, Hey, have you heard of this band? You're looking forward to seeing this band. They're at Coachella in like 2012 or something. Oh, yeah. He did it yeah. uh, South by, right? Yeah. The South by as well. That's hilarious. And it's like everybody <laughs> made up just, band. Yeah, yeah. They're all made up. And, but to your <laughs> point, like if one person was like, Oh, no, I haven't heard of it. Yeah. Is it good? That's like almost more impressive than be like, oh yeah, well, yeah. like the early stuff. Or, you yeah. know, <laughs> it's a total. Yeah, that's fabrication. always funny. I think he does it every year. Does he? Yeah, I, I saw it a couple of years in a row. It's it's yeah. like that. Yeah. But the thing is, like, we're talking about music, but it's like that in the industry mm -hmm. too. Do you think that you will bring a better that you'll bring more truth to it? Like you, you have no business or no interest in blowing smoke up people's ass you want to share a product that's great oh you're talking honest. about my agricole gig yeah. no i just i just want people to have the knowledge of what it is and yeah. um hopefully share my passion for it because i've been passionate about it for a number of years now yeah. um so you know try it if you don't like it you don't like it if you like it great you know it's it's a product that's made with uh, care and care for people that produce it and mm. Uh, heritage and tradition and tradition yeah. yeah and it's just a great product you know yeah. so well so okay so there are so many that's, different that's facets. my approach and, but that's good yeah. like you you could was just talking about a sales guy today who will remain nameless mm -hmm. i wouldn't want to drink with him mm -hmm. i wouldn't want to buy his product because mm -hmm. he wants to beat me over the head with it mm -hmm. and it's an ego game all the time like, do you see those kinds of people out there too? Yeah, of course. But also, like, speak going back to um, the previous question. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're trying to do 
a serious program, a bar program, there is all there should be an agricole at your bar. Oh sure. Yeah. So you you can't really call yourself a cocktail bar or a serious program right. without a representation of agricole. So there's that as well. That's a good point. And me yeah. and me coming from that background I think helps um helps to connect with people on that level as well. Yeah, because you know operationally kind of what mm-hmm. it's gonna take, you know, execution and all of that. Yeah. Okay, so there's so many things that, that I think are very interesting about you. The, well, the least. <laughs> oh wait, I, don't worry. I never think of myself as an interesting person. But that's why that's that why sense. you're good. That's why you're yeah, cool, right? That's why people are like, yeah, Anya's great because you don't you not huffy and puffy and like hoity-toity and like, yeah. oh, I'm so important, right? Nobody's important. We're just all people. We're just doing stuff. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, sure, of course. <laughs> Humility goes a long way, and I right, think that right. you understand that. But so. Things started out though. You were born and raised in Russia. Up I until was. I went to college there as well. Did you really? Okay. I came here right after college, um, to go to grad school. Eighteen ish. Um, oh um, no! Cause how old were... was it? Uh, it was two thousand four. I don't know reveal how old I am because I don't feel that old. But yeah, I mean, it, it was uh, <laughs> two thousand four, which is twelve years ago. Okay. Wow. So uh, that doesn't. I think seem like... I was twenty two. Yeah, I was twenty. How how was it? <laughs> she smiles. It's like, oh yeah, that's right. Sometimes I do forget how old I am. It's yeah, just weird. Oh. But that's good. Maybe you're in the moment, right? Uh Maybe you're in the moment all the time. Yeah, you I don't have to think. Maybe. About it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how so, yeah, is it? Like two thousand four, I came here to go to grad school because I didn't know what the hell I want to do with my life. Well, what was the undergrad and, in? Uh, it was uh, linguistics. Okay. And in, teach uh, teaching English as foreign language. English as a foreign language. That's okay. why I taught English oh, in high school. So, um, oh, okay. And I, I did some interpreting work uh, at a film studio in Moscow before I left. Really? So that was like one of the funnest jobs I had. What, uh, anything we would have heard of? There's not a massive uh, so amount of So there's, uh, there's a soap opera or a series uh-huh. on Russian television. It was uh, based on Ugly Betty. Oh, the show? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So it was a Russian version of Ugly Betty. Okay. And um, the guy oh, the guy who was helping them to put it together uh, was hired by Sony okay. Studios and brought to Moscow to help them oh, cool. with okay. the process. And I was just running around with him and uh, trying to make him like Russia. <laughs> <laughs> so what are the, so what are some of the as as a as a it's guy just, that's never it, been interpreting there, like, mostly we I mostly did interpreting on on um, what do you call it just during filming yeah essentially, right. and it, basically translating his um, kind of the dialogue that he, did he was he writing this no he was not writing okay. he was just making comments or uh, oh, adjustments or uh, making suggestions sure. and so a, a lot of translating uh, not on stage what's the right word what's the television word for it oh i don't even know you but i know what you mean. mean yeah yeah set on set on set yeah yeah, yeah. god see like it's stage set it's the same some words just but no but i like that yeah. because because i mean this that's one of the things is that you so when did you start learning english and is that something that happens really early no that's on in Russia? no well you you did take foreign language in high school or middle school but yeah. it's nothing serious so so it's like i went here. to i went <laughs> to college for that wow so i i learned english and spanish for five years 
So are you pretty fluent in Spanish too? Not anymore. No. Not anymore. God no. Yeah, you have to practice. That's why you picked language. Rome over Mescal then, probably, right? I <laughs> <laughs> uh, guess. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what it, what kind of like, because I've never been to Russia. Mm -hmm. I'm a Westerner, and I kind of have my opinion about it. And I did grow yeah. up in the '80s, like you did. And yeah. I, I, I remember that tension I felt, like even as a kid. You know right. the whole Star Wars thing. Mm -hmm. I remember when I came to to realize that like wasn't Star Wars. It was it Ronald Reagan initiative. Mm -hmm. What were you? How was it there? Was it tense too, or were, is um, everybody kind of? I was growing up during all that time, and honestly, I never felt there was something wrong. I, yeah. You know, as a kid, if you not explain things, uh, you think that's how it's supposed to be, right? And there's no other way. Um, so I had a very happy, go lucky, go lucky childhood. Um, you know, standing in line for bread and milk was a norm, and that's just what you do on the weekends. Really? And, yeah. And it, that was is it? It's not still like that, or is it still like? That? Oh, not at all. That was just of course not. Yeah, that was part of a, like, I guess, collapsing system that didn't work out, yeah. and that was consequences communism right. which is amazing on paper but not in reality and in application yeah absolutely so it's all good for you you don't oh, hate yeah. the west it or was anything, great right? i had a great childhood i um um went on school breaks to my grandparents town which is military town so it was oh, enclosed wow. um like uh it's just a military a village i guess oh, in okay. american terms and it was enclosed. You had to have like a pass to go through, so it was very safe to yeah. be in there and play with the kids. And everybody knew each other. It was like my best memories wow. of my childhood. Yeah, it's cold there, isn't it? Uh, well, yeah, in winter it is. <laughs> I'm not from Siberia where it's cold Real all cold, the time. Right? Which, uh, which <laughs> no, city? we have seasons. Yeah, um, summer if lucky, hot summer. Yeah, three months, but not like here lucky. though. Oh no. It's, it's here's not that hell on earth no me. but it could be really hot too yeah interesting some, yeah it's it seems like i think now moscow is specifically has become a destination i think people are really excited to go there and check it out and yeah is it you go back still kind of uh visit? yeah i go back as much as i can um i went in december december and before yeah. that i went for a few days uh for a funeral unfortunately but uh, the time uh, before we went in May for two weeks. And it oh, was wow. amazing. We got really lucky with weather, speaking of the weather. Yeah. It was beautiful the whole time. And you, no, Stephen went, I guess? Yeah, yeah. Stephen went. So we had a really good time. That's killer. So it's good. You, your family is pretty much all still there. Mm -hmm. All of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're the only one that made it. Pretty much. Across. But <laughs> you did land in grad school to continue studying linguists? Mm -hmm. No, linguist. communications. Communications. Was, oh, um, okay. Corporate and mass communication was my uh, grad major. Really, was it? Is that was that a different change of pace? It seems like it from linguistics. Um, definitely, um, it was m much easier than I thought it would be. Yeah. I mean, if you're not speaking of uh, the ba the cultural barrier, it was yeah. Studying was not bad. Um, yeah, and it just kind of into this industry while being in grad school that's what i thought because you know was everybody pays the bills and i pay my bills that way <laughs> yeah but i mean excuse me it's a great way to do so yeah. i mean it, think about all the kinds of things that how your life has kind of taken shape whereas you use the stuff you learned in academia mm -hmm. and you still do 
know, yeah. you're articulate. You think about communicating, like mm-hmm. how to frame a message and things. But apparently, because I have interviewed your husband, <laughs> you're working across from a punk club. Is that right? Was it a pizza no, place you were No, um, I worked at a pizza place, uh, basically right across the street from his place, which is a brewery. Oh, that's right. That's and right. both of our places had windows mm-hmm. as walls, essentially. So we can, you know, it was a very tight community yeah. in Mobile downtown. Uh, it's pretty much a couple of blocks with all the bars and restaurants. So mm-hmm. we all knew each other. So it was just messing around, and you could see, you could literally doing, see, making him, right? jokes yeah. through the windows, and like, you know, just goofing around. Um, I I heard that you know was it was the first day to show? Is that what it was? You guys went to? Or was um, it like a he proper- did not call it that, even though oh, I, okay. you know, I pretended like I didn't understand what's going on. <laughs> brought a brought Is that over. a dating technique? Is I I get, well, well, he said that. Uh, let's uh there's a show playing tonight <laughs> yeah i'm gonna go so you know should be a cool show you should come mm-hmm. so i said yeah maybe i will and i did and i brought a friend over i remember uh, yeah like a very cool was a crossdresser yeah that's right yeah he was a crossdresser his name was greg was that a buffer uh and like- uh, natasha no we actually <clears throat> we actually friends well yeah. we're friends uh we don't really keep in touch anymore but we were actually pretty close friends. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, in the rest, I guess, is history there. Yeah. But coming up, you know, I always wonder, though, like, even the program must have been good in Alabama, but did mm-hmm. you have any preconceived notion about, of all the places to I come did. into the So, um, when my last year in college, the summer before, there's a, a, a program for international students called Work and Study. Mm-hmm. And uh, they ba- they basically let you come in uh, for a summer and travel the the United States and just work jobs to mm-hmm. support yourself. So I came that the year before and I stayed uh, mostly in New Orleans and Louisiana and like Baton Rouge and yeah. um, Lafayette, and then we traveled the country at some point, the whole country through the Grand Canyon, oh, California. Wow. So you got a good, nice tour of everything. So I was like, hey, I've already been here. I like it in the South, really like New Orleans. So I was looking for schools mm. in the South in that area and um, couldn't really afford Loyola. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people can't afford uh, it. I but. know. So that, and I looked up the program uh, and it was, I think, ranked fifth in a nation for that specific oh, program okay. uh and they gave me scholarship uh so it was an easy choice yeah well and it transformed into a career change mm-hmm. in a sense yeah well so when you were first doing the pizza thing what was the first moment where you're like i kind of like alcohol not from, not from an imbibing perspective but right. just like this is an interesting thing. I, I well, like- actually, the very first time that I thought it was a really cool uh, industry was uh, 2003. I went for I went uh, to London for mm. summer as well before oh, I went man. to the states. Wow! And we kind of did the. We lived in London and just uh, worked in a bar, which I've heard still exists, called Strawberry Moons. Okay. And started as bu- as bussers and then got promoted to bartenders. Really? So it was. I thought it was like the best, most fun job ever. Um, and then we had to go back to school. Mm. It was me and my friend. 
So it didn't develop into anything bigger, but it was a silly... Planted like, a seed, didn't it? Yeah, it was a silly uh, 70s-themed, disco-themed bar, um, just silly drink. That's where I learned how to make Long Island last tea and all those things. Cutting your teeth, yeah. Yeah, and um, definitely high volume. Um, and we danced on the bar in the middle of the night. <laughs> And there, there, it was there was nothing slighty about it. All right. guys and girls did, and we were um, a vest and a tie, and just did silly moves. And then, right, because it's seventies, uh, right? Yeah, it was it was like the best time ever. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I thought back then, oh, that would be great to have that job for a while. Yeah. And then I went to grad school and was waiting tables first, and then got promoted accidentally to a bartender. And it still, did it kind of come back? You're like, wait a minute. This is that thing I really, really liked. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I also noticed that bartending uh, when I... She keeps doing air quotes, by the way. <laughs> I don't know like, why. But bartending, well, no, but it's a, it's the sum. It's not a real thing. It's just like you go and you Well, what I was getting to <laughs> is that I, I also noticed that it was very closely guarded circle. Really? Yeah, maybe it was Mobile, Alabama, but, you know, the place that I worked at was called Picklefish. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was one up north where I started because right by my house. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't have a car back then. And, you know, it was very hard to get to bartending there. Really? It was just like, well, I guess that place in general was a club of certain people. So. Uh, Did you notice, like, at that point, that it was kind of a boys' club, or was it all mixed? Uh, no, actually, there were just as many girls. Actually, oh, I think most of them were girls be- for obvious reasons, yeah. because that was that kind of place. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it was a kind of closely guarded circle that I was not allowed in for a while. Um, but in due time, not, I guess. Uh? But in due time, you finally kind of cracked. It was it. by accident. Somebody messed up and. The shift wasn't covered, yeah. so I just <laughs> covered. I'm here. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. How, so, did uh, that kind of start evolving then in the mobile scene? Yeah, I just kept that shift, and then um, that place actually closed at some point, and I went on to working a place down the street, which was primarily a beer garden. Mm-hmm. Um, really cool place. I stayed there for about four years. Crazy. Um, so that's where I just started bartending only. What it, and so I'm, so you've got some. It's cool because so grow up in Russia, you stand in the mm-hmm. lines like the quintessential as we see it from the West. You get a really nice education because mm-hmm. you finished up your master's while working, right? Right. Yeah, because right. that's a, a story. A lot of the times it chops right down and people mm-hmm. don't actually finish. So you finish an advanced degree, and then you end up in Austin. But why? I forgot exactly why you ended up here. Um, we just wanted to change. Yeah. Um, and so Stephen went to high school with Karen Karen Dressel. Oh yeah, Ryan Dressel's wife. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. That. And yeah, he came and visit uh, without me. I think it was Fourth of July, and he really liked the place. Mm. And um, a few months later, Brian was opening Midnight Cowboy, and offered Stephen a job, Maybe and I was like, "Hey, that. yeah, we should we should move." We have a job now, so we just moved. And you were totally, totally like, all right, let's do it. Yeah, I, I wanted to change for a while, um, and it was a good time to do it. Did you, 
expect that you would be doing hospitality still here? Or did you want to start leveraging? I actually, I was thinking of changing my path. Um, not because I didn't like um, the industry. Right. Because I like doing different things and just well, yeah, open to it. Yeah, you such a rich like collection of things to do. <laughs> so I applied for some uh, jobs, random jobs in my field, which is advertising. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, obviously it's, you, if you don't know anybody, you, you know, it's gonna really get a difficult. job. Much like plus, the hospitality, right? Exactly. Yeah. Plus, you know, my resume sounded really weird to an outsider. Nobody yeah. knows what Moscow State Linguistic University is. Yeah. And it sounded like a complete like, weirdo like, out of like somebody just New made Hampshire it up. University. Like, yeah. Actually, is a real one. But yeah, it's a good. Yeah, it, it sounded, I, I'm sure it sounded really weird. They're like, what kind of scared? I'm scared of that. Yeah. Like, this first I don't know if there was, I, I think just nobody had no idea what yeah. all of that is. So you didn't get a lot of traction, you think? Oh, like, not at all. No, at all. I had zero responses. Really? Yeah. And so is that because people don't i think in general people don't look at life skills they they look at hey where did you work before which was nowhere yeah. for me <laughs> yeah boston well um, it is you're right and i think but i think that that's what brings you into the room and then the conversation mm -hmm. and then you sell the rest you know yeah it's very interesting how that works i've been talking about that lately like the degree gets you in the door but being a dick will get you thrown out of the door right you gotta still have that and i think the service industry in general is more welcoming to all sorts of people oh, yeah. um other than just one type absolutely is so. so many artists like so many carpenters mm -hmm. or so many graduates mm -hmm. like so many different things there and so i wonder so all right so we're i think this makes sense where you enter the set of hospitality again but this modeling thing because i've seen some pictures when it was that yeah. something you had been doing for a while oh not at all it was no. just um a friend of mine in russia who actually was the girl spent time in london with me she oh, that, she's okay. a professional photographer oh. was just starting mm -hmm. back then so i did a lot of just modeling for her i don't to get her practice you, you can't guess, really right? call that modeling so did it I go beyond that there and took pictures <laughs> well is that what no. modeling is did you look disaffected uh, as long as you did no i had fun doing it but it never it was never serious you didn't it want was it just for there. people usually it was for people that i made oh i was like hey i want to take your picture i was like sure i'll i have the pictures yeah. and you'll have something in your portfolio that that's that's my modeling that's good <laughs> pretty rich yeah <laughs> so, so well, now i have some good pictures and that's people cool. have some practice when you host the next rum class mm -hmm. you'll have the perfect headshot already <laughs> you're already set right you've got it's like man the lighting's really good on that she right. seems really put together she's right. been at this industry for a long time i bet i guess that helps <laughs> what was i guess i remember there was a second where you worked here in town mm -hmm. after drink well what was the first gig coming back in to the industry uh the first gig was olive and gin Oh really? I didn't yeah. know. Yeah, uh, stayed there for quite a few months. Yeah, and then uh, moved on to Second Barn Kitchen. That's mm -hmm. how I know Billy Hankey, mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. dear Billy Hankey. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was splitting my time between uh, Second Barn Kitchen and uh, Drinkwell. Yeah, at some point, and then I just went full, full time, time to Drinkwell. Man, were those good educations? Because it seems like such different programs. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, it was it was great. Oh, and regret nothing. Yeah, uh, all of it was great. It's interesting to me. One of the things I always noticed is the encyclopedic 
amount of knowledge that you have about cocktails? Who, me? No. You see, I know you say <laughs> no. that, right? But like, yeah, I would always learn something new when, oh, you know, good. it's like. I learn a lot from you too when you come to the bar. Well, that's, I, that, now that befuddles me. because No, no, I, no, I, I, I learn a lot from my customers yeah. in general. Um, Which is good. But there, right? you are the enthusiast, one of the enthusiasts. So yeah, yeah. I do learn a lot. Tacey gave me shit about that. I interviewed her recently. She's like, you were the guy that did blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and she's like, Which, I mean, all in love yeah. of course but do you so just uh prepare so to speak i mean I, you execute things so precisely do you spend spare time reading about it do you spend i time do as much as i can um wish i had more time yeah. i wish i had more time for everything sure. um but yeah we have i mean steven buys most of the books before i get to it uh, so he's he keeps the library and i just go through it with him or we talk we talk a lot too about yeah. Unfortunately, our, our jobs all actually all the time, but because we're passionate about what we do. Well, that's mainly, great. Yeah. I mean, there's no better thing to go wrong than yeah. to be too passionate. No, I, I I try to stay on on track, and again, can know everything, but yeah. I try to know things. Is there anything that I'm find? supposed to know? <laughs> I think uh, you do a one, great job at uh, that. Uh, things I'm not supposed to. Know. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything you find? Just like physically difficult about bartending, I hear a lot about repetitive injuries and things. Um, I had to change the way I shake and stir. Um, uh, my legs hurt more than before. Really? Uh, where, where, like in your joints? Uh, no, actually, my my ankles hurt more than anything, wow. and uh, my calves. Yeah. Uh, but I started noticing over time. I mean, I am getting older yeah <laughs> and there are certain things about my body that i started noticing that weren't there before sure uh, my wrist hurts every once in a while but again like i i use now left hand more than i use really? my right hand yeah so you make some uh, kind of correction. yeah i definitely you have to you have to listen to a body yeah oh well absolutely yeah. i mean i think that people in this industry were, were prone to drinking way too much mm -hmm. and the thing that we serve up on a platter mm -hmm. because we do that is our body and our health, you know, mm -hmm. do you try to, you and Steven seem very, very fit. I mean, now whether you guys are doing Pilates in the morning or stuff, I don't know, but do you guys make it a, I try to work out priority? Yeah. Um, at least three times a week. Mm -hmm. Um, but that, that's my routine. I don't, we try to get out outside as much as we can. I love mm -hmm. being outside. Uh, but, yeah, I'll, I like working out. I, I feel better about myself and actually everything I after bet. I work out. So. Do you think that people fail to really notice that? Like they, they don't focus on their health? They they should. Sure, But I don't, I don't think it, in general it's a attribute of our industry. I think if you take the populace and yeah. look at it, uh, maybe I don't think the industry suffers more than any other industry. Maybe not, yeah. But I, I think I that know. it's a high-risk lifestyle. You Definitely. Know? We're exposed to it more than others, yeah. you know. I, but we also know what good booze is, and we yeah. drink good booze. If, well, true, but too uh, much of a good thing. Yeah, you know? true. And I, I think it's just the beginning. Every kind of industry eventually evolves into mm -hmm. what is its stride, you know. Right. Bartenders once were the rock stars of the social world right mm -hmm. talk about harry craddock and guys were they? 
Well, I, I think back so. then, no, yeah. I take it back. You, but, yeah, you, that you put far a time, back. You, you yeah. put a timeline on that. Yeah, way, way back, you know, like a <laughs> okay, hundred years ago, that. you know. And so they were, and then things change, and yeah. then they go away, and then you get this kind of commoditization of it, where it's uh-huh. like if a dude can mix this pre-mixed kind of thing in a bottle with yeah. some boozies and good Which shit. still exists, too. Totally does. It's crazy that it does. It is. Yeah. The, but the thing is, is that with places like Drinkwell, with places... Mm-hmm. like backbeat half stuff that obviously the bar is being elevated mm-hmm. and people are doing a better job and finally it's like kind of okay yeah to, to be oh i'm a bartender or you maybe they fluff up the word and call a mixologist whatever but like yeah. i'm a bartender right that now has kind of this resonance for success which mm-hmm. i think in our lifetimes we hadn't seen it be a yeah, noble you're right. profession yeah you're right but with that i think <laughs> the consequences are that more people high profile people mm-hmm. will die and i'm not trying to be dark but i think like because that the focus on health and health programs it's tech's got it right yeah tech had it many boots. you're right yeah i see i see what you're saying you know that. Yeah. and I, I just wonder how we can help do you i mean try I, to- i've noticed more and more in conversation more and more conversations about that for sure yeah um you know all the cocktail weeks and in general, in the media, uh, people talk more about it. And I, I mean, I grew up in a way where I was taught to look after my body. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that, that comes as a second, second nature to me. Mm-hmm. I understand it might not be for other people. Maybe I'm just, my perception is skewed. Well, no, it, it's not always second nature. Yeah. You know, luckily we can learn about it because mm-hmm. information is very free and very right. Free prolific but yeah that's something i don't think a lot of people and that goes into a larger conversation which we don't have mm-hmm. to cover but like how do i eat yeah i don't know how to eat i yeah. know how to shove shit in my mouth but i don't know <laughs> what what are macros Should yeah am i eating enough protein like all these right right things. it's a we're just finding out mm-hmm. the potential for the good we can do in that space like right. the SBGs did that paddle boarding thing this mm-hmm. week which is a brilliant at least an attempt to turn. I really it. wanted to make that, but I oh, mean, it would have been so. so cool. <laughs> well, picture looks, pictures looked really. Yeah, it looked great nice. Great on it, but all right. So the health piece, you're a good example, I think, and people can look up to you is for that. If nothing else, is that she's taking care of her body. So March of this year, number two for Mike and Jess kind of comes into play. This different concept, something that's in South Austin or mm-hmm. middle, depending how you look at it, right? Beautiful concept, different approach, different aesthetic, and thus backbeat is mm-hmm. born. You were you always going to be the bar manager there? Was that going to be the the plan, no matter what? Um, well, I, they didn't tell me otherwise. So <laughs> <laughs> wait, uh, so, yeah, yeah. There was an offer, and I said yes to it because you know I I felt like I got Drinkwell to where it needed to be at that time, yeah. and I needed to grow as well and um, do other things. So it was a good timing for it in general. Yeah. Um, if there were other candidates, I don't know about him. So then then were, I, I wouldn't be offended. If you beat were. them all. It doesn't <laughs> right. matter now, right? Right. Um, so yeah, I, it's just it was just a really good timing for all of that. Conceptually, how would you articulate the difference between backbeat and drink wall? What are you guys trying to do there? Um, we're not trying to do anything crazy different. Yeah. It's uh, it's crazy for me, at least. I have the same feeling when I'm in the building in a backbeat as I am a drink wall. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's got the same coziness to it sure. as Drinkful does. It's just four times bigger. Yeah. So with that being said, we took that in consideration and um, expanded our wine program, um, expanded our sessionable offerings. Yeah. Uh, because obviously we have a great patio and you can sit there for a long time and drink multiple drinks. But hey, let's lower down the ABV on those. And a lot of sherry too this that, time yeah. around too, which is great. We're trying to, uh, I mean, a lot of people have been trying to make sherry happen in this town. Yeah. Uh, you know. It's like. Uh, it's not that. a crowd pleaser. <laughs> it's not. It's, it's but, esoteric. Uh, but it's a beautiful for sure. thing. For sure. You guys, so you guys have that sherry cobble. We're not, we're not giving up. No. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> well, you you're finding digestible and very accessible ways right. to deliver these esoteric flavors, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I think that's kind of an interesting. Like you guys have the neon jungle stuff, uh-huh. a mezcal tiki drink. Yeah, I mean, really, right? But it works. That drink does not taste the way it looks. No, it, not think, at all. I think it throws people off a lot of times, but in a good way. It's yeah. a good surprise. So. Do you have a lot of creative input on those things? Mm-hmm. I did. I, I mean, my usual. I mean. I always have an input on every menu, and sometimes you have bad days, sometimes good days. You know. Yeah, well, sometimes you can't write have... number one hits all the time. No, <laughs> there's always the sophomore <laughs> jinx, right? It's, you can't. You just correct. Yeah. No, of course we all. Uh, that's what one of the things that I always loved about Drinkwell and now Backbeat that we always we take input from our every employee you know yeah you have a good idea bring it on and we'll talk about it and we'll test it and we'll dial it in and all those good things it's amazing and that's a one of the things that feels different when you go into those places mm-hmm. the ambiance and just how it feels to drink there even if i didn't know you guys yeah i think it would still be something very special it's very unique in that sense and i can't really describe it why but i think because you have like two completely brilliant minds behind it, but that are so different and clash at the times too. Mm-hmm. I think that all that makes this this beautiful kind of disaster at times, but it's always organized, you know. Mm-hmm. You have a drink, and I think which you know where we transition into your latest chapter here with the House of Agricole. You know? Yeah. So you made the perfect drink, and I don't know if if it, this, I'm sure this was intentional that you were making this spice. <laughs> Spice rum with the Demerceau? Demerceau, yeah. Yeah, Demerceau. And it's an overproof. That particular one was, right? Yeah. Like 110? You're talking about the the spice uh, dessert drink. Yeah, Yeah. which is one of the greatest things I've ever tasted. I was trying to build it up. Like say, oh, and this thing (laughs) is coming. You could like see your creative mind shifting into this passion and this expression for rum. Yeah, that was, uh, I got inspired for that one from the trip to Martinique, actually, yeah. and where I tasted actually spiced rum that's spiced with whole fruits and spices, and mm-hmm. um, it was just so good. Um, and uh, when I came back, I was like, I have to make my own spiced rum. Did you have, was it, was this, you were involved with the brand at this point? Oh, no, I wasn't. Yet. Not yet, no, right? I was yeah. not. Uh, it's all just kind of percolating. Yeah, yeah, I was not. And I just started playing with it. Actually, the first batch was had so much club in it. I yeah. had to take it out. It club was crazy. Is so rough. It, I, put, I, I put way too much. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> you learned the lesson you don't repeat But I adjusted twice. it, and that was the only thing that I had to adjust. And um, after that, it was just... Very delicious. Very good sipping <laughs> at one yeah. time. What was it about? What took you to Martinique? 
in the first place? Just you wanted to. So my dear friend Will uh, Shragis, Shragis okay. um, who barrel uh, bourbon now, right? Yeah. Um, he, I met him last year. He was doing a tour of Texas, which he loves for some random reason. He's just obsessed with Texas. <laughs> I still understand why, but. Um, and I met him. He stopped by Drinkwell, and then, then that, that's when they uh, got Demiso in their portfolio, and mm. he was making rounds. <clears throat> and then uh, he was a supporter for Tiki Week, of course. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a few months later, uh, he was putting together Demiso competition uh, in San Antonio as a part of what was it a part of? A, it wasn't. Win- oh, it was a cocktail week. Oh uh, yeah, San Antonio, San Antonio cocktail. cocktail. Yeah. yeah. So he really, really wanted somebody from Drinkwell to represent. So me and Becca did it. Um, and I don't like doing competitions. Why is that? Uh, because it takes a lot of time to think about those things and put them together. And mm-hmm. it just takes time away from... Distracts from... Your, distracts from your other job. Yeah. Um, and... What was the other reason I don't like doing competitions? Do you like being in front of people like that? Uh, I don't. I don't. I think everybody can say that. Nobody likes being judged. No, it's a uh, horrible thing. So when you know you're being judged right there, I, yeah. I don't think. I don't know a person who likes that. So yeah, it's like standing naked in front of a classroom. Yeah, you know that everybody's like peering into every <laughs> nook and cranny. Oh, the other uh, the other part of why I don't like competitions, I just remembered, uh, is because. It's it's not really a representation whether or not you're good at your job. Ah. So, you know, yeah, you you might win a lot of competitions, but it really doesn't say anything about you as a bartender and a professional. That's a it, great point. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. I might be wrong. No, uh, but that's, no, it's really true. Because it's like, <laughs> just because you can make a, a drink at a time. Exactly. For f- however, four people or something, doesn't mean that you're good with people. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're good at executing mm-hmm. doesn't mean you have actual skills just like that and so that that i think that part of it always felt kind of fake to me yeah um i'm being judged in my profession for really not the skills right. that i ex- yeah. exercise every day so that's why i don't do them um i was gonna say wait a minute that's right you don't ever do these things i i did one before uh the reason that i would do a competition i was joking about is, is strictly for money sure yeah i love it that's <laughs> i'm great. not i'm not doing them for like a multiple stage competition yeah because one you, and you, done yeah you know how they can be like it's regional yeah and it's i can't even figure national, it out then it's international it's like okay how much time do i need to devote to this because i really don't have time so. yeah so but was you a, did it, but you went to San Antonio. So because I, I love well, yeah. and it was, the, the prize was a trip to Martinique. Oh, cool. I always wanted to go to Martinique. And it was one and done. And so I did Walk it. away and you can do um, it. And I didn't win it. I, uh, oh. Yeah, I did not win it. Who won? Uh, I don't remember the name of the guy, but I lost. <laughs> Tober whispered in my ear because he was one of the judges. Yeah. I was like, you lost by one point. Uh, why does he? Why are you gonna say that? Out of, out of 100, apparently. God, oh, so, it's even more frustrating. <laughs> I was like, I ne- I never expect to win because I'm not good at those things. So yeah. it's like whatever. I've done with my life. And then um, a few months later, Will called me. It's like, hey, I need to talk to you. It's very urgent. And it's like, what? What? He's like, do you want to go to Martinique? This guy's backing out for some reason. And it's like, 
Y- yes. Yeah. <laughs> what am I <laughs> yeah. not gonna go to Martinique? For so free? yes, of course I want to go to Martinique, but uh, we just opened back beat at this point. Oh it was man, like, worst timing. Yeah, a month or two in, and I was like, "Give me a day," because I cannot give you the answer right now. Yeah. So I thought about it, talked to Mike and Jess, and they were really cool. It's like, yeah, you have to go to Martinique. Absolutely. So uh, I called them back, and I went to Martinique, which was everything I thought it would be, and even greater. That's amazing. So, so you get to smell the smells, mm-hmm. taste all of the different Yeah, it was incredible. Expressions. Yeah, it was great. So you come back, and you have maybe this newly ignited passion for agriculture at that point. I just got really inspired. It, you know, that drink came out of it, yeah. and just you know how a lot of spirit brands have this story and a lot of time it's let's be honest bullshit um and i had that romantic picture about rum agricole in my mind for the longest time right i remember reading an article about uh about it and garden and gun years back Mm -hmm. i was like you know, it's all pretty oh, and wonderful. Yeah, and yeah. Teenage I, romance. I go to the island and it is really true. It's that way, yeah. It's, like, oh, it's amazing. It can be real. It was crazy. Yeah. How long were you out there? You said a week? Just uh, five days. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's still enough to, yeah. to do it. So how did you then hook up? You, I mean, it was obvious that you could understand production mm-hmm. from. You could understand cocktails. You could mm-hmm. understand the terroir. All of these things. So that made you a good candidate for this gig. How did that come about? Well, uh, Will took another job. Yeah. And I, apparently he was probably one of very few people who left going to Texas oh. <laughs> for his job. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody wanted to come to Texas. Oh, my uh, gosh. To talk so about and um, Ben called me. He was like, you, you make perfect sense. You're there. You Would you like, like to do it. this? Yeah. You were there. You liked it. And When was that officially? Uh, my starting day was July first. Oh, wow! So um, we're a couple, just a couple months. Yeah, late. not long at all. The travel is just commencing. Mm-hmm. San Antonio, the first yeah, stop. Yeah, very easy for me. So let's talk now. Well, first, before we talk about the portfolio, which I'd love to hear more about, mm-hmm. we're drinking a rum jam and agricole. In so, tell me where the Calvados comes into play. Calvados it's a ten-year. Um, agricole, it's aged eight years and bourbon wow. casks okay. and then finished in Calvados casks. That is um, what I love about it. And um, I always said older is not better no, uh, not with, any, yeah, yeah, right. with any spirit. But what I love about it, even though it's pretty old, tens, tens yeah, shabby, yeah. you still taste the grass in it and oh, yeah. it finishes like Calvados, which is kind of crazy. It is. Uh, like but, a Frankenstein of a, a spirit. It's yeah. so interesting. And what is this the stand? Because rum jam typically is 80 proof, right? Oh, no. We have 100 mark and we have 80. Oh, so yeah. you get multiple. What yeah. is the, the final on this guy? Um, That's a good question. Uh, It's 40.8, which is... Mm. Yeah. Um. It's it's weird how it's very elegant, and I think it, it all around GM for me is very elegant. This is so strange. It's strange in the most pleasant way because you wouldn't think, and I never really thought on the same plane to think of Calvados, which has a nose that is mm-hmm. unparalleled. You always can tell, and tasting it as well, you could always yeah. tell it's Calvados, or at least an apple brandy, but Calvados specifically. So this somehow there's this weird marriage 
yeah between that works. the grassiness yeah. of the agricultural style mm-hmm. with that punchy acidity you know of the the calvados it it works yeah. i don't know how because it, it's it's so close to not working yeah to me, right it's almost like oh shit this i think is one really one month past this yeah. would not work <laughs> yeah, it's just like teetering on the right on the, 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 the right time yeah. the verge of failure but yeah this is an incredible bottle and this seems like just looking at the bottle which is opaque kind of mm-hmm. handwritten labels How, when did you guys release uh it's not available in the states oh wow i got it on, on the island oh <laughs> uh, wow thank you so much for sharing this yeah then. that's amazing um it's it's a limited release obviously yeah. and it, it's so small it's just not worth it for them to bring it over here yeah and the bottle size is small low is it a 700 centiliter a li- 500, 500 milliliter yeah oh man or 500 milliliter milliliter yeah, yeah. That's so crazy i i've learned recently it's not allowed in the states nope um, yeah three what's 375 750 and a liter a liter, a liter and, and, and then 1.5. Yeah, yeah. yeah i don't know why it is maybe metric or the, the tax doesn't work i'm not real I'm sure. Not sure that's why havana clubs having such a hard time oh really know, one of the things that they got to change the bottle size and mm-hmm. go for label approval again just to bring it in yeah the states not to mention all of the other massive yeah know, just in general so this is Rum Jam has man. There's so many cool labels that you guys have out, but there's yeah, the I think all between three brands we got 25 oh marks, gosh. if That's I'm not crazy. mistaken. I'm still learning things That's about a lot, the though. company and the brands. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, so what it's, are the three, it's what a are lot the, of marks. What um, are the main companies? The main brands? Uh, uh, Clamont, Demoso, okay. and GM. So those three. Okay. Um. GM is owned by Clement and Demoso is just under contract oh, with I see. Okay. Clement. And you guys have a mix. It's all agricole style, right? All agricole, yeah. Which just, I mean, we know what that is, but for Which people is that crazy might not because uh, they, uh, bring, they uh, are bringing a molasses-based rum into the portfolio Did in a year or so. so really? They, are they it making is called it there? House of Agricole, but we're going to have non-agricole. Yeah. <laughs> You like do a weird spelling with yeah. it. It's just house of delicious rum. That's inc- <laughs> that's incredible though. So yeah. w- what is uh, is that molasses being processed in the same place? It's just a different uh, they, uh, No, they got St. Lucia Distillery, um, which is I think the only distillery on the island. Yeah, and um, it's a molasses based rum. Wow. And they have a different style of molasses rum there, like column still, pot still, the mm. mix. So they have. A million different marks uh i think the company is still trying to figure out what to do with all that yeah well, it's all, <laughs> but it's um the uh, chairman is the wrong um, mm-hmm. that's distributed in the u.s right now okay chairman reserve yeah i'm sure you've heard of it i've heard of it i've never had yeah it. um they have it in some states not in texas not yet yeah. So that's but that's gonna be on your plate soon or not. Uh, I imagine. hope so. Yeah. They do have a spice drum, which is um But like up. naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'll very excited about <laughs> But yeah, you've been doing all this research making your own. Oh uh, no, it's I'm sure it's gonna be tasting different um than mine, but yeah. So what is no. the of the twenty five or so you call I call them skews, you guys call them marks. Mm-hmm. What what's the one that you want everybody to have you feel like it's the greatest introduction into the portfolio um i i think i have to pick probably jm yeah um 80 yeah because it's the most universal uh but the geek in me loves uh clement um 
Blue King. Okay. Blue. Uh, yeah, it's single. It's the only single varietal rum oh, wow. uh, on the market. Um, I love that in a tea punch. Um, Is it even funkier and like more rustic or? Um, to me, it tastes like peppered candy. Really, <laughs> it's really cool. Interesting. Yeah. You guys have it. Uh, it's a, a little bit more robust than say GM eighty. Right. Which is, is lighter, very mm-hmm. floral, very punchy, mm-hmm. like pretty accessible. I mean, rum, you know, it's funny because you talk about the actual market of rum, much like gin, right? People think it's bigger than it is. Yeah. You know, and so you talk about rum and there is this, almost this challenge to just pull people away from drinking like dragonberry flavored rum and like i've never rum. tried that is it good I, i've never tried it either <laughs> i've seen it but i've seen it on menus and it's like yeah. did you need to make that like yeah. is it coconut flavored rum yeah. albeit delicious but it's so it's made in a in a lab somewhere you yeah know? exactly how do you because you're playing to kind of the home audience in a way when you're working with bartenders right because they're open to it already rum is cool rum is like right you know, it's like, I'm trying to, like, Beach House or something, right? It's like a band that, like, yeah. it's kind of underground but very big. But to break beyond that, what do you have to do? Well, I think the conversation about transparency in food started much earlier than uh, transparency in liquor business. Oh, yeah, sure. um, uh, but I don't see why we should not ask the same questions. Right. If you're asking where your food comes from, why not ask where your booze comes from? Because you consume in that as well. Yeah, I agree. So why I love agriculture so much and still obviously still do is because there's absolute transparency and production and um, labor and right. um, everything they do is here, come look at it. We have nothing to hide. And yes, it's going to be a little bit pricier than say like something $8 else. Eight yeah, dollar bottle. Yeah. What right. I what are you putting in your body? Right. Um, Ties back to the health exactly. piece again. You know? Well, yeah. Um, I don't I don't see why we shouldn't ask the same questions when we talk about booze. So, do you think this is? It feels like you're right. Like people want to know about their cocktails mm-hmm. more than ever. Oh, yeah. what's in that? Yeah, right. they're more open in general, I think. Every every bar nowadays, even though maybe cocktails are not that good, but they try to do cocktails. Right. And they're they trying. have they have a menu everywhere now, a cocktail menu. If, yeah. Even if you a beer bar, they'll, they'll still have a couple cocktails. Yeah. So you got to To me good. it's to me it's <laughs> maybe I'm wrong about it. to me it's like an, an obvious thing. Well, yes. Yeah. I mean, you're enlightened, though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, how do you even go about saying? Because so think about it like this: so gin's a gin, yeah. lots of different flavors of it's still gin. Right. Whiskey's hard because you got scotch, you got rum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So rum, really, beyond the aged expression mm-hmm. of it, you've got an agricole and you have molasses style, or you can have a blend. I don't see many of those. How do you articulate that to people? Does that even matter to them? You know what I mean? Like, because it's agricole is like. Right, a funkier brother. It's it's, just, it's harder to. It's definitely a drier style of rum in general, and um, maybe in that sense less approachable. Yeah, but it's so delicious. <laughs> so that's all that matters, right? It's like, no, well, no, it's no, yeah, delicious. it is good, and I think uh, we should talk about applications. You know, yeah. tea punch, obviously, it's, it's a holy trinity of sure. sugar, lime, and rum. Um, any 
if you if they use uh, lime and sugar with any rum, it's delicious. It's a great, yeah. Um, simple, great, simple, classic, great, yeah. approachable. Yeah, everybody has that at their house or should. Yeah. Um, well, I think that you being behind the wheel so to speak mm. for this agricole movement in texas now i'm right. sure there are plenty of brand ambassadors you call like, them big words <laughs> what? No, 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 no. but i mean it, you you're you have a really big place in this narrative now right you know what i mean because you have some great marks slash mm-hmm. skews mm-hmm. under your belt you i imagine you're gonna be traveling a whole lot more here right coming up and I imagine this role will expand. I mean, do you want to be the national person? Do you want to keep it regional? I'm going to take it day by day. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. I, The kind of person that try, tries new things and see if they work. Yeah. That's the reason I end up here. <laughs> That's right. Uh, uh, so I really like what I'm doing right now and combining the two roles. Um, as long as I can do it, I will do it. If I feel like something's suffering and I can give it a hundred percent of what's required of me, it's not going to work. Not going to do so, it. Yeah. Well, I've, but I have a lot of things to explore in this small role as absolutely. is. I, you know, trying to figure out class B and distribution in Texas is, yeah. even though I've been on the other side. Of, this is a whole different piece of, of the it. formula. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. This is insane. It's, it is. <laughs> And this is insane. It's like they don't want anybody to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I can see why no one would ever want it. I'm just like, why, how, how do people get anything done? You I don't know. Ha- I, I still so don't know. Crazy. I, I sell booze every day, and I still have no idea yeah. how to get it done. Things get done. They just, they do. <laughs> well, it's been, you know, I'm way too long, and I'm glad we finally could, yeah. could do this. I'm sorry it took forever. No, you're, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm busy, you're busy, mm-hmm. but this is... The most you've ever had under your belt, it feels like. You know, you've got these great brands. You have these two great bars, part of the family. You know, mm-hmm. manage backbeat, and no better time to kind of talk about how this is going to expand. I'm really excited for you. Thank you. And thanks so much for sharing this amazing, yeah. how, this monstrosity, beautiful <laughs> monstrosity. Right? You know, it's very Martin. tame, though. That's it what is. I love about it. It's very tame. You think it's going to be punchy yeah. and yeah. fumey, but. It is very subdued, probably mm-hmm. like the island of Martinique itself. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe so. But Ani, thank, man, thank you so much. For yeah, of course. It's been a pleasure. Well, there we have it. What do you guys think of Anya? Anya has been a lot of different places, done a lot of things, incredibly insightful, incredibly intelligent, learned how to speak English very, very quickly, which is more than I can say for myself, trying to learn Spanish. But it's great to see this latest chapter her passion for agriculture will take her into this great category. Rum, jam, come on, demaso. I mean, these are great expressions of a beautiful place and a beautiful set of flavors. And I love to see what Anya does behind Backbeat, experimenting with these wonderful rums. So thanks again for listening to Show to V with Mike G. Rum Week edition to coincide with Texas Tiki Week. No matter which new gin-based or rum agricole-based tiki drink you're looking to imbibe in this week, or if you're wondering when Adam Sandler's really going to have that big career comeback, please keep dancing.